psalms just one psalm actually i give you thanks O lord with all my heart i will sing your praises before the gods i bow before your holy temple as i worship i praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name your promises are backed by all the honor of your name as soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Come on. I really feel that as um, as we sing this this first song, there's gonna be there's gonna be a release that happens in us. 
there's going to be things that break off that potentially we believe for a, for a long time. It's going to be truth that will penetrate your soul if you let it. Because um, God is here and He's willing to make you more alive than you've ever been. our freedom. Freedom, we lift you higher. Yeah, yeah. 
that you've dropped us into. God, we praise you and we thank you. And Lord, I'm praying for God encounters here today. God, um, bring us closer to you with every single part of us worshiping you constantly, every day. Amen. All right. Okay, great to see you all here. Welcome, welcome and grab a seat while you're sitting down. Say hello to someone next to you, preferably someone new. Make new friends. All right. Okay. And um, also saying welcome to visitors. Any visitors here? We are so glad to have you here with us. Um, and yeah, welcome. All right. Birthdays and anniversaries. Anybody had a birthday or an anniversary? 
If you could come up here, we've got some chocolates for you. Peter's had a birthday. No. <laughs> Did you, Ash? All right. Irene, is Irene here? Come on, come on up. Grab chocolate, it's free. Do we have any anniversaries? No one? Okay, anyways, standing up and we will pray for Irene. And does anyone else want a chocolate? Just come on up and we'll pray for you as well. <laughs> All right, here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, all right. Um, so we have two fantastic people coming up to speak to us right now. Where is Helen? The lovely Helen is going to give you her testimony. I'm good? Okay, I'm good. Hi. Um, I've been asked to share my testimony with you all from a couple of weeks ago. So um, we were here at a 6pm gathering and um, I'd been really unwell for a month before that. Um, I get asthma and I'd been to my doctor because I was struggling to breathe and he said that I'd had a chest infection and the infection had gone but had left heaps of gunk on my lungs and that's why I couldn't breathe. So I got a two-week dose of antibiotics, which that particular dose usually fixes everything, but this time it didn't. So I waited another week and still didn't get better. And so um, I decided that I needed to go back to the doctor. And I came two weeks ago for the gathering and I was feeling pretty crummy. I couldn't really breathe at all. It felt like someone was sitting on my chest and my sinuses were really blocked, so my whole head was just pounding. And um, the team, this team actually, um, were singing the song, Holy Spirit, You're Welcome Here. And the atmosphere in this building was incredible. And I just knew that I would be able to find that moment with God. So I shut my eyes and I just tried to clear my mind and find that connection and it didn't work because I just felt like rubbish. And I remember thinking, oh, I need to ring the doctors in the morning and go get another appointment. And I was like, oh, while I'm here, let's just give this a shot. And so I just paused for a second and I just said, um, Holy Spirit, thank you for your breath. And instantly the heaviness in my chest lifted and my sinuses cleared. So I was really excited to be able to breathe. That was pretty cool. But I was also really excited because I've never been healed like that before just in worship. And I've never ever been healed just by saying thank you. So um, as Owen comes up to do communion, can I just encourage you to really press in. It doesn't matter what kind of miracle you're hoping for. God can provide it and just start by thanking him in advance for what he's gonna do and be expectant that he will deliver. Come on, let's give it up for Helen. Thank you, Helen. Awesome. Well, hello, folks. Everyone say, hi, Owen. Just this side, say, hi, Owen. Just that side. Oh, these guys. That side. Ah, oh, those guys. 
Awesome. Hey, um, thank you for having me tonight. Uh, my name is Owen. Um, I'm on staff here. I lead, obviously, my name's Owen. You guys know that, right? Um, and I, I have the privilege it is to, to lead the creative ministry here at Activate Church Hamilton. And I've been asked to share communion message tonight. So if the host teams would please come forward, as you are already, and distribute the emblems. So what is communion? What is communion to me? Oh, it's a lot of different things, but uh, communion is a time of remembrance for me. Does anyone else see communion as a, as a time of remembrance? Yeah, just me? That's cool. All right. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, communion is a time of remembrance. Not only for me, but for you as well. It's a time for us to reflect on where we've come from in the past. I don't know about all of you, but my past hasn't been uh, that perfect. Um, so I take communion as a time to reflect on the past and also on uh, my current position, I guess, where Jesus has brought me. Because if it wasn't for His grace, I, I probably wouldn't be here today, to be honest. So Jesus has healed me from my past. And, uh, you know, communion is most importantly a, a time for us to all remember all that Jesus has accomplished for us when He died on the cross and He rose again on the third day. You know, He... He really set us free. If it wasn't for Him doing that, I think we'd probably all know where we would be and it wouldn't be a nice place. So I'm, I'm really thankful. Thank you, Jesus. In the spirit of remembrance, I thought I'd share my, my Jesus encounter with you. Is that okay? I've had a, I've had a bold encounter with Jesus. Um, how many people have heard my story around my encounter? Keyword chips. A couple. Okay. Here's a... <laughs> Everyone's laughing. Um, so if you didn't already know, um, I don't eat chips. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It's part of my encounter with Jesus. So um, just to give you a bit of a, a picture of my encounter with Jesus, um, it was obviously during a dream at night and um, my dream started and I found myself uh, in this outdoors on a summer day in this courtyard with a, um, a paved brick sort of a ground outside. And I was outside this big white building and uh, I remember turning around facing this building and, and seeing that it had long sort of glass panes um, for doors and, and it was those, those scissor type doors that you'd fold open. Anyone know those sorts of doors? When you've got like three doors, you can fold them open like a scissor. Um, and I walked up to this door and I, op well, I opened the door and I walked into the foyer and inside the foyer, everything was completely white. Um, the floor was uh, marble. Um, the doors and the roof, everything was like it was a brand new building. Um, I looked across the, the, the foyer and I could see multiple doors all over the place. Um, and then straight in front of me was a sort of like a roller door um, at a kitchen counter. Do you know what I'm talking about there? Similar to what we've got out here. So one of those was there. That was wide as well. And to the right of that roller door was um, just this normal door to the, to the right-hand side. And I was drawn, for, I don't know why, but for some reason I was drawn to that door. And as I got closer and closer and I walked up to the store, I just got this overwhelming sense that Jesus was behind the door. And like um, I'm sure any of you if, you, if you knew you were going up to a door where Jesus was behind it, you'd start to get excited. So I was certainly expectant. And, um, and I walked up to the store and I thought, oh, oh Jesus is behind this door. I'm, you know, I'm going to meet Jesus. This is like out of this world. So I walked up to the door and I straightened my shirt pants, make sure I had no creases. And I knocked on the door and I stood back and I thought, 
oh man, here, here he comes. He's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet Jesus. And I was sort of sitting there waiting and I was like, There was no answer. And I thought, oh, well, maybe he didn't hear me. So I walked up to the door again and I knocked a bit harder and I stood back and I straightened my shirt again, waited for him to answer the door. And I thought, Father, what am I going to say to Jesus? And I waited and I waited. And he didn't come to the door. And then I sort of started feeling a little bit anxious. Went up to the door again, knocked again, stood back and I thought, oh, I'm sure he heard that knock. I'll just sit here and wait. He'll come out. And he didn't come out. And I must have tried, I must have knocked about 10 or 15 times on this door. And uh, by the last time I knocked on the door, I was pretty, I was pretty distraught. And, um, and I thought Jesus didn't love me. And I knocked on the door and didn't answer. And I, I was absolutely sobbing, um, distraught as. And I turned around and I walked away from this door um, towards the outside door. And I walked to the door and I was bawling my eyes and I thought, Far, I've done something crap, what have I done? I've done something so bad that Jesus doesn't love me anymore. And um, oh man, that wasn't, wasn't nice. And I, I grabbed the outside door and just as I, as I turned the handle and opened the door to walk outside, um, I heard the door open behind me. And I turned around and Jesus was standing there with his arms wide open. And I absolutely sobbed like a little baby. And he didn't say anything. He just walked out of the door and he just walked up with his arms wide open. He must have been about eight, nine foot tall. Um, in his white robe and I just walked straight into his arm and just absolutely sobbed and he just hugged me and he walked with me to the to the outside door we went out into the courtyard that I just come from outside and as we looked out from the courtyard I could see um, there was a stream sort of flowing towards us around in front and then there was a, a tree sort of overhanging the stream on the other side and on, on the other side of the stream was these massive green pastures it was so beautiful and on the left hand side there was like a little bit of a hill and in the, in the middle was a bit of a flat valley and then a hill on the other side and um, I walked out there and Jesus is standing right with me we're looking at this this creation this beautiful creation that he's made and um, and I said to him oh, Jesus I absolutely man I love your creation I love this is so beautiful um you know, I really love what you've done here. And he put his, he came up next to me and we were looking at this, this pastor. He put his arm, his right arm around me and he leant forward and, and he said, you know, I really love it too. I had thought about doing this. And when he'd done that, the hill on the left-hand side came flat straight in front of me. And I was like, what the? I was freaking out, man. And I was like, what the? And he, and he pulled the he pulled the sides down and he pulled the middle up and he said I had thought about doing that and then he pushed the uh, the middle down and lifted the sides again he said but that's the way I made it and that's the way I love it I made it exactly that way and that's how it's meant to be and I thought wow that's amazing and then at that time I turned my head to the right so I open to interpretation man I turned my head to the right and then the stream that I told you was running around. On the right-hand side, there was sheep. Um, some were running along. You know, when sheep get excited, they do that jump thing. Some of them were running along. They jumped clear over the stream onto the pasture on the other side. Some were just walking through like it was nothing. Um, and some were actually drowning, trying to get through it. And I thought, far, that's, that's trippy. And um, I don't know what that was about, so interpretation. 
You know, maybe some of us find it easy, find the journey easy, and we can just jump or walk straight through. And, and other of us, you know, some of us may feel like we're drowning. And then from that moment, um, this is where it gets funny. Well, interesting. It was like we were instantly teleported to McDonald's. To love. We were instantly teleported to McDonald's. Five crossroads. And uh, Jesus is on my left and we're walking in the door. And uh, for those of you that know McDonald's Five Crossroads, on the left-hand side, um, there's, there's like booths around to the left. And we're walking over there. I was walking there over there with Jesus. And I said, like, oh, you know, um, oh, go grab a seat, man. And uh, I'll go get us a feed. So Jesus walks over to the seat. He gets us a seat. And I walk around to the counter, got to the counter. And I was like, oh, what should I get? I'll just get, oh, I'll get a Mac attack, large Mac attack with all this and all these extras and stuff. And then um, then I just remembered, oh, man, I'm here with Jesus. I've got to get Jesus something cool. And I said, what's the fanciest, coolest thing um, I know that McDonald's makes? Well, what's the fanciest thing? Come on, give me, give me some suggestions. What's the fanciest thing at McDonald's? Apple pie, straight up. I got him an apple pie. So I got Jesus one apple pie and I got me a massive Mac tech. Took the, <laughs> I took the tray back to our seat, sat down at the seat with Jesus. He was right in front of me. Um, I gave him my apple pie and I said, oh, Jesus, I got your apple pie. And he looked, me, you know, look, he looked at me and he was genuinely, like he genuinely accepted it. I think he probably, and, and in reflection, he probably knew that my motive behind getting that was that I wanted to give him the absolute best the fanciest, coolest thing that I thought of, you know. Um, and so he accepted it. And we sat down. And then long story short, um, started hoeing into my um, Mac attack. Took a handful of chips. Who eats chips by the handful? A few people. Okay. So I took a handful of chips and I took a bite. And Jesus looked me squared in the eye, square in the eye. And he said, you know, those are bad for you, eh? And the dream ended. So that's why I don't eat chips. Because Jesus told me they were bad for me. They may not be bad for you, but they are bad for me. And uh, in obedience, I just don't, I don't eat chips anymore. So in, in remembrance, communion, communion is all about remembering. That's my Jesus. Jesus, uh, the Jesus that will come to Mecca's with me. Um, the Jesus when, you know, I think I've stuffed up so much that there's no hope for me. Jesus opens the door and comes out and gives me a massive hug. Yeah, he's good. He's good. So I want to I want to encourage you um, as we take these emblems tonight, and the band starts to starts to play, and we we enter or continue in our worship. I want to encourage you to just remember remember those remember your first love. What you know when you first became a Christian, when you first found out who Jesus was. Remember that Jesus. Let's come back to that place and. Uh, just to wrap up, I'll, I'll read from uh, the message, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. And the Master Jesus, on the night of His betrayal, He took the bread. So let's take the bread. He took the bread, having given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, broken for you. Do this to remember me. And, and let's take the bread together right now. Lord, we remember you.
then after supper, he did the same thing with the cup. So if we take our cup together now, this cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. So we take the uh, cup together as the band leads us in worship. Thank you. hope in God and tonight I encourage you guys to be expectant um, you know from the moment that you walked in the door the Spirit of God was in here and the last week there's a song we've been singing and um, it said a miracle can happen now for the Spirit of the Lord is here and tonight I believe miracles can happen you know if you've come here believing for healing it's gonna happen you know, it always starts here. The healing starts here because the Spirit of God is here. If you're looking for more hope, if you're looking for an encounter, you know, encountering God like Owen experienced, it can happen tonight, but you have to be open and expectant for it. Lord, we thank You that You're the King of all. And Lord, we thank You that You sent Your, your one and only Son to die for us, to pay for our sins so that we could be here. Lord, and we pray in this time that we just encounter You, Father, in ways that we may have never experienced it before, Lord. There's freedom in Your Name, Lord. There's healing in Your Name. There is hope in Your Name. There is love in Your Name, Father. There is goodness in Your Name. Thank You, Father.
Jesus gave me life You rose in triumph And gave us freedom True love in your eyes You were broken But still you saw my
get the sense that there's some people here that to say that it is finished it's a uh, it's a powerful thing to prophesy into your life so much of what we do so much of our striving and our attempts by those actions we're actually saying that it isn't finished and that somehow we can complete it but that's not the truth because it is finished he has done it there's no striving in his love there's nothing we have to put on there's no pressure there's the freedom that he bought for you more than willing to give. So if that's you, if you need to declare in your life that it's finished, I'm singing that for you. That it's finished. It's the truth.
God wants us to park here for a reason. And as I was standing there, I was thinking and I was picturing the anointing of the Holy Spirit working tonight. And I don't know how you think of the anointing of God, but for now, for this purpose, I think of it as His presence for a purpose. And uh, I really sense that He wanted to, as, as Aaron's singing, He wants, He's declaring it is finished and He wants to break stuff off people's life. He wants to break addiction, particularly He wants to break depression. He wants to break sickness. He wants to break cycles of thinking that aren't right tonight. But we can, <clears throat> here's the funny thing, I can be standing here and not have a great sense of the anointing of God at work, yet I can choose to step into that place of His presence for a purpose and allow it allows Him to work, it allows Him to minister. And I really feel that God is asking us to lean in or to step in tonight. And I, excuse me, I want to encourage you to do that just now, to step in to His presence allow him to break the changes the, the chains and declare it is finished but declare specifically depression it is finished anorexia it is finished broken relationships it is finished. Bulimia. It is finished. Poverty. It is finished. Come on, step in. Step into it. Declare it. You know what you're dealing with. You know what you're struggling with. Declare it. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Let the words start to come out of your mouth. Declare them. It is finished. It is finished. Pain. It is finished. Anxiety. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished.
stop for a moment in His presence and see what you are dealing with. You've been cut free of it. See it lying around you like rags and picture yourself in a whole new outfit given to you by God. Clothed in health. Clothed in sound thinking. Clothed in godly character. Clothed in passion for Jesus. good isn't he all the time God is good consistently thank you guys for leading us awesome. you can stay there if you want to I won't be too long famous last words I know every time I say that Jan looks at me and says yeah we've heard that before <laughs> you think she's really polite but Hey, when I was um, a young fella, when I was a teenager, which isn't that long ago, <coughs> um, I used to race motorcycles. And I had a great passion for racing motorcycles. I, I lived for racing motorcycles. I loved speed. I still loved speed. In fact, I used to do anything for speed. I used to jet ski. I used to water ski. We didn't even care. We'd just go along flat out in the boat and jump off the back of it at speed just to see what would happen. And I loved speed. And, um, but I used to race motorcycles and, and I absolutely loved, there was an adrenaline rush that I got with motorcycles that, that I couldn't get any other way. And it's normally what happens when you're, you know, you're this far off dying all the time, you feel like that. But, but I loved it. And what would normally happen was I would finish in the top five. I would either finish in the top five or I wouldn't finish. That's how it worked. I would either, normally in the top three, but some, sometimes 
<coughs> excuse me if I cough tonight, sometimes I, I wouldn't finish at all. Sometimes the engine might break or more likely I would crash. And, and that was just part of it. But what I found was if I wanted to win a championship or even get close to winning a championship, I had to be consistent. I had to finish the races. Finishing in the top three or the top five in every third or fourth race didn't count for anything. You actually had to be there all the time. You had to be consistent to get a decent result. That's, that's what mattered, and, and that's how you, you um, got the points to get going well. I've been thinking about sports people today, and if I said the name Lydia Ko to you, what do you think of straight away? Golf. Except for Muller, who's special. You think of golf. And if I ask you to think about Lydia Ko's game of golf, what do you think about? Fantastic. Give me more than that. What do you think about? If you think Lydia Ko playing golf, what do you think? Winner. Winner. Absolutely. She's pretty good, isn't she? So what about, okay, I'm going, this is for the old people, because it's a bit of history now. Richie McCaw. <laughs> Still nipple. What, what, what do you think about when you think Richie McCaw? Rugby. And what do you think about when you think of Richie McCaw? A winner. Dependable. Fantastic. What about Roger Federer? And when you think about Roger Federer playing tennis, what do you think? Winner. Wimbledon. Not last year, though. Not this year, though. Eh? But a winner. What about Valerie Adams? Tough. What else do you think about when you think Valerie Adams? Does everyone know who Valerie Adams is? Wave to me if you don't know who Valerie Adams is. Valerie Adams is like the... Oh, yeah, yeah, you probably don't. Uh, Valerie Adams is, is like... And some South Africans don't. That, that's sad. Come on, people. You're in New Zealand. She is like the world's best shot put thrower. Has been forever. And she's a Kiwi. She's a Kiwi. She's phenomenal. Like, you know, you know, uh, is it Stephen Adams? The, the basketball player who's doing really well? It's his sister. She's phenomenal. So when you think of Valerie Adams shot putting, what do you think? Champion. Achiever. Okay, so you did quite poorly at all those questions, to be honest. When I say to you what I'm going to say, I want you to tell me what all the great athletes and the thing I'm about to say have in common. Okay? Think of all those great athletes. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. What do they have in common? You're cheating. Determination, courage, desire. Let me tell you what they have in common. It's consistency that produces the desired results. It's deep, eh? Yes. It's consistency. None of those sport people would achieve anything of consequences if they weren't consistent in their behaviour, if they weren't consistent in their results, if they weren't consistent in their outputs. 
wherever, whenever be like Jesus, we will never achieve the greatness that God wants us to achieve and the purpose that God wants us to achieve if we're not consistent. We need to be consistent. And I wanna talk just for a couple of moments about consistency. Now, when I was a young guy, I also used to sail. I used to sail catamarans, I loved it. They're great fun to sail, but the most dangerous conditions to sail a catamaran in are gusty winds. So gusty winds, you know, you've got no wind now, and then all of a sudden it's blowing a howling gale. It would trip you up. It was anything but consistent. And inconsistency causes problems. Inconsistency causes damage. And inconsistency causes danger. And often in <coughs> inconsistency, you don't get to the end of the path that you're trying to get to. But when I look at these great sports people, I see consistency. When I think wherever, whenever, be like Jesus to achieve what He wants us to achieve, I think consistency. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, Therefore I, a prisoner, for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worth, a life worthy of your calling, because you have been called by God. Other translations say, walk in the manner, walk in a manner that is worthy. Walk in a manner that is consistent. Walk in a manner that is honouring. Philippians chapter 1 says, You must, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. In other words, walk consistently. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is, He is, Consistent. He's consistent. 1 Samuel 15. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should change his mind. In other words, he is consistent. Malachi 3 and 6. I am the Lord and I do not change. He's consistent. This is an observation that I've made. It's not the best observation. But I've noticed that, and I was thinking about this because we went to Shout Conference during the week. It was fantastic. There were a bunch from here that were at Shout Conference. But I've noticed this, that when there is an event, be it a conference, be it a young adults camp, a youth camp, or any other event, people come back and they're firing. Man, they're hyped. They're on fire. They're like, we can change the world for Jesus. Anything is possible. And that seems to last at, for the most, two weeks. And then it's like we just come back into the sleepy slumber of life. Oh, impress me, God, if you can. If you can, impress me. And you go... What happened to the two weeks ago when everyone was on fire for Jesus and changing the world and jumping around and bouncing off the chandeliers and every other thing? And now it's like... And I'm asking myself the question, where is the consistency in our faith? Where is the consistency in our walk with God? What do we need to do 
to walk a consistent faith journey? What do I need to do so that I'm on the front foot all the time, so that I'm passionate all the time with God? Now, our moods fluctuate and all that. We're human. We have personality. But there is a difference between kind of our moods fluctuating and that and living a passionate, God-honoring life and sitting back and going, oh, well, she'll be right. And for the life of me, I cannot work out how one week people can be so passionate for God and the next week you go, they're a completely different person. What happened? And you know the saddest part of this inconsistency is? I think it's like sailing a catamaran in gusty wind. Number one, we're going to railroad ourselves from getting to the finish line. Two, we make it dangerous for ourselves on the way to the finish line. Anyone looking on thinks we're absolutely crazy. And you know, you hear things, oh, it's a bunch of hype. They're just hyped up. It's all hype. Well, prove them otherwise. Live with some consistency, some consistent passion for Jesus. I love it when I see talking to younger ones for a moment. I love it, although they're not all young here. But I love it when I see older people passionate for Jesus. It just does my heart so good because it says to me, look at them, they are passionate. They've been passionate since they were young for Jesus. They're still passionate for Jesus. There's something in the testimony of their consistency of love and passion for Jesus which spurs me on. And I think, man, I want to be like that. I think if I wanted to be the best shot putter in the world, I need to decide now that I'm going to be the best shot putter in the world. If I want to be the best sailor in the world, I need to decide now. I'm going to be the best sailor in the world. If I want to be the best runner in the world, I'm dreaming. Not going to happen. So I'll think about something else. But I need to decide it now and make a decision. And I think it's exactly the same way with our our consistency of passion for Jesus. Is I just need to make a decision now that I'm going to be passionate for Jesus every day of my life until I die. Whether I'm feeling good or whether I'm feeling bad, I'm going to be consistent in my faith. I have people come to me from time to time and they say, Sheridan, we cannot tell whether you're happy, whether you're sad, or what's going on. I scare those people because they don't know. And to me, I'm just going, well, that's an awesome compliment. You're just telling me I'm the same all the time. And that's great. Because I've decided that I just want to be consistent. I want to be consistent. If you talk to me down here, I want you to talk to exactly the same Sheridan who's talking to you up here. What's and all. I just want to be consistent. I don't want to have any kind of elite status that I've got to try to step into this week to make everyone happy and then I'll fall off my pedestal and have my inconsistency and wake up going, oh God. Help me, help the world. I just want to be consistent. How can I be consistently passionate? Well, Matthew chapter 6 says, No one can serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. 
how you live a passionate life for Jesus consistently. Choose today that you're going to live a passionate life for Jesus consistently. And if you can leave here making that decision, woohoo! Good decision. Choose. I'm going to live passionately and consistently for Jesus. I'm not going to be flat next week. I'm going to be me next week, just like I am this week, and I'm going to be living for Jesus, and I'm going to be living with passion for Jesus. How about this? This is Luke 24. The same two days, that that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as, we, as you walk along? They stopped short. <coughs> Sadness written across their faces. Then one of them replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here in the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We'd hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some of the women from our group of Uh, His followers were at his tomb early in the morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone. Just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe that all the prophets wrote in the scriptures Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering His glory? In other words, He's saying, for goodness sake, guys, be consistent. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and at the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them and they sat down to eat. He took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Talk about a roller coaster. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us. Let me give you five really quick points for staying consistent in God. Number one, spend time with Jesus. Our hearts burned within us, even though they weren't sure who it was. They just knew their hearts were burning within them. You want to stay passionate for Jesus? Spend time with Jesus. Pray. Pray. You want to stay consistent and passionate with Jesus? passionate in, for God, know the Scriptures. Know what the Bible says about Him. Know what the Bible is telling us and instructing us. Number three, if you want to stay passionate, you want to stay consistent and you walk with Jesus, spend time in His presence. Worship tonight. Anything can happen in an environment like that. Anything. 
I, I believe that miracles took place in that environment tonight. I really felt in my spirit that someone, and I don't know who you are, and I'm not going to start looking, but I really believe someone was set free of bulimia tonight. In Jesus' name. And if that was you, I'd love to hear about it sometime. Spend time in His presence. Number four, learn who you are in Christ. If you want to stay consistent, if you want to stay passionate with God, learn who you are in Christ. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. You're the, the, the God. The Father is your Father. You're royalty. You're an ambassador for the kingdom of God. And finally, fifth one, make a decision. If you want to stay passionate, if you want to stay consistent in God, make a decision. It's a decision that goes, Jesus, I'm going to live for you. And I'm going to be passionate for you this week, next week, and the week after, and the week after, and the year after, and the decade after, every day of my life, I am going to live passionate for you, whether I've been at the latest conference, the latest camp, the latest prayer meeting, the latest anything else, I'm going to be passionate and consistent for you. Jesus, I'm going to live passionately. And Jesus, I'm going to live consistently for you I want to pray for you as we finish and I'm going to ask the band to sing another song because I'm absolutely convinced that consistency of passion comes out of hanging out in the presence of God spending time he rubs off on us I've noticed that Jesus is quite consistent he's always there He's always there when I want a conversation. He doesn't tell me I shouldn't eat chips. Never. Never. That's, that's right. Yeah. I was offered chocolate before and I said, no, no, I've KFC with Jesus later. That's right. But Jesus is always there. He's always accessible. He's always consistent. And he calls us to live a consistent, passionate walk with him. And I really... <coughs> I want to charge you tonight. I don't want to suggest to you. I want to charge you to live consistently and to live passionately for God. Every day. Every day. Not just when things are going good. Because things will go good. But equally, sometimes things go bad. Every day. We'd like to stand to your feet for a moment. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that everything that we do in interacting with you, Holy Spirit, is really a response to what you've done. Lord, I lift every person in this room to you. And I ask that you would release your Holy Spirit afresh on every person in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask tonight that you would cause us to answer the question, I choose to live consistently for Jesus. And Lord, there would be a revelation tonight of what it meant when we gave our lives to you, when we died to self, 
and decided to live for you. That there would be a revelation tonight for every one of us of what it is to live consistently passionate for you and for the advancement of your kingdom. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would stir every person's heart in this place tonight to step into that place of consistency. That we wouldn't be dictated to by the circumstances, but we would happen to the circumstances that come into our lives. And that we would consistently pursue you with all our hearts. And Father, the the witness of that in our city and our nation would be phenomenal. Let us grow some backbone tonight, Jesus where we've been swayed perhaps to the left and to the right, that tonight we'd make a decision to stand straight and stand firm, to stand with you, for you, and walk consistently with you. And Father, I declare your blessing over your church in Jesus' name. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, give us the courage to be like Jesus. Day in, and day out in Jesus' name. Can you bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment? I, it says I finish. If you've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've never stepped into relationship with Him, you're not walking with Him, you wouldn't call yourself a disciple of Christ, but tonight you're going, you know, I feel really stirred to step into a relationship with Jesus today. I feel really stirred to surrender my life to Him. I know I'm not doing the best job of it on my own and I really need God in my world. Or perhaps tonight you're going, I need to come back to Jesus. I've drifted a long way away. If that's you and you want to say yes to Jesus tonight, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. You won't be saying yes to me. You're going to be saying, yes, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to do life with you. Yes, Jesus, I receive your gift of dying on the cross for making me right with God, and today I start my journey with you. Yes, Jesus, I've got really distant in my relationship, but today I'm choosing to step up again and to go again. If you're saying yes to any of those things tonight, can you give me a wave so I can see your hand? I just want to see your hand quickly. Thank you. See your hand. That's fantastic. Make sure I see your hand. I'm only going to wait a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds, actually. Fantastic. That's great. Well, the band's going to sing a song, and I really encourage you to get in His presence tonight, to make the most of the opportunity, and allow the Holy Spirit to stir you around the whole area of living a consistent, passionate faith for Him. Amen.
shame doesn't live here no more When your name was spoken Your love brought healing to me No shame doesn't live here no more Oh, shame doesn't live here no more When your name was spoken Your love brought healing to me There is healing in your 
Jesus, your name, your name brings healing to me. Jesus, your name. Oh, Jesus, your name, your name brings healing to me. It's the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus, your name, your name brings healing to me. fantastic to have you there and yeah let's finish off with a bit of a praise song cool let's then awake how about it that one okay we'll do that one that's fine I like cool shots Every tired of mine Your love is breathing out into my life You take my burden and you make it alive You make it alive Bringing a sound that will break the night I choose to follow you for all my life I know that you were always by my side You're by my side Choose to praise you No matter what they say We will go your way Dancing to your feet We can't contain it We'll let it never lose And we celebrate This is how we party Lifting up the 
on Tuesday. to see. 